I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey guys. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for joining us, everybody exciting morning <laughs> we have <laughs> another fire here in california so uh, we're dealing with that jason almost didn't make it today because he's right in the middle of it uh, or your office is right in the middle of it we are currently in a voluntary evacuation zone um there are i feel like we were saying before and i feel bad there's a lot of people that have already been mandatory evac again good news is they've had practice they did it about three and a half weeks ago um so you feel terrible for these guys um but yeah um another 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 2020 day yeah <laughs> it's just like won't stop it's a dumpster fire all along man like everywhere it's just unreal yeah uh jason we have a guest with us today he is the president and principal landscape architect at CTO Landscape. Please help me welcome Pablo Cortez. <laughs> Pablo, thank you for joining us. Good morning, guys. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me. So first, let's just start first with CTO. CTO, I keep saying that wrong. <laughs> CTO <laughs> Landscape. Uh what are you doing there and uh, how how's the practice going? Um, tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah, uh, the practice is surprisingly doing well uh, <laughs> for being 2020. Um, I don't know if you experienced any kind of uh, uptick in, in work coming through, but we certainly did. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It's been a, it's, 
so I started the company in May of 2019. Um, wow. I didn't start, I didn't go full time till August and yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. Just the, uh, the amount of, uh, of work coming through um, and the, the varied types of work, right. We're getting everything from uh, single family residential uh, renovations to, um, you know, smaller developments, multifamily stuff. You know, we got a couple of proposals that I'm actually going to put together today for a, a couple of hotels. Wow. wow. And we have, we have some parks projects, uh, some streetscape projects, uh, some public work stuff. Um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been going good. Um, slowly kind of trying to get more and more of that type of work. It, that's kind of been my goal is to get as much of the varied uh, types of work coming through, not only to keep myself busy, but you know, I got three other people that uh, help out with the, as far as coming in as um, uh, independent contractors to help out with the drafting side of things. So kind of keeping them busy a little bit, but yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, we're a landscape architecture firm and, and try to apply those principles across the board on all those kinds of projects. Do you have a, a preference on project type that um, you kind of lean towards? Yeah, I, I I like the the multifamily stuff. Some of the just because you know it, it's all most of them are more infill projects, and they're taking up these spaces that you know they're, they're renovating these spaces and 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 providing um, housing. But really, it's you know I I feel like landscape just covers all that entire range, right? So we can kind of apply it to all those types of projects. Um, so as far as preference for the types of projects, the, the multifamily stuff is definitely uh, something that I, I look more forward to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really everything landscape, I guess, is what we, uh, what we, what we look at. Yeah. That, that's interesting because there's a lot of, like I know for us, it, sometimes the mentality doesn't work really well between residential, multifamily, and commercial. So from a trade standpoint, in either cabinetry or like the finish, you know, I guess tra- cabinetry is a finished trade, but also like the flooring and stuff, it's totally different mentalities, sure. like completely different mentalities. And approach. So that's, yeah, oh, and approach and, you know, size and scope and just, you know, material-wise, all those kind of things. So it's, uh, it's interesting that you guys are in a position – where you have the dexterity where maybe it's kind of the same language from one to the other. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to work in the past with a couple of different offices and firms and, you know, they, I've experienced all those different uh, types of projects working with those offices. Um, even down, I, I even had a, uh, I did eight months with uh, forest lawn, Memorial uh, Parks. The mortuary? Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I've had a pretty... My grandparents were buried there in uh, LA. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what I was at, yeah. not in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I've had that experience in the past where working on these different projects and the the principles are the same, right? You're, you're looking at, uh, at, at creating these outdoor spaces and um, implementing all these, um, just these landscape architecture principles across the board. And that's kind of just how, how I, I took it upon myself to when I did start the firm to just try to keep it as varied as possible because, A, it keeps it interesting, right? A different type of the projects coming in. Um, you're not uh, stuck with one type. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think, I don't know, as far as for a company, it just makes sense to be able to access all the different uh, types of projects um, in, in case there is a downturn you know, I, I went through the 2008 downturn and, you know, the, the companies that were focusing on, on multifamily development, you know, 
didn't do so well uh, <laughs> um, coming out of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just been my goal. And again, you know, I've been doing this for what eighteen months now, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, I got a long ways to go. But that's that's the plan is to to bring in the different types of works. Well, shoot, man. I mean, first off, congratulations because most new businesses don't make it to that point to begin yeah, with. You. The first year is the hardest by far. So. So you probably have figured out a few things and have a heck of a better chance than the rest did. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo uh, talking about principles. We, uh, it recently came up where, uh, when I was in school, someone came by, (laughs) came by and asked me to do a landscape design and you know, first year brain I thought I could take on the world and got into the middle of it and had no clue what I was doing can I replace first year brain with ego can we do that instead (laughs) okay I'll I'll edit that (laughs) Uh, so I wanted to ask you sort of what kind of expand on what are those principles if you have a project what what are you looking at as a designer that I obviously did not know uh, when approaching landscape design. Uh, I was assuming it was a residential project. Yeah, this was, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it's funny that you said that because I remember, I remember that episode listening to it and I, and I get plans like that <laughs> from, <laughs> from time to time. It's, uh, you know, we, we put these plans through the uh, the city or the county and we need you to you know, get them through and get them approved. <laughs> make um, it work. <laughs> yeah, make it work. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as far as uh, uh, the process, it really is, you know, a listening to the client, right? What their what their needs are, what they what they require, and what they want to see done. Um, uh, a lot of times, especially in uh, development and um, and construction projects, uh, single family construction, it's mainly about getting the project uh, entitled or. Uh, approved through building safety or planning, whatever department is looking at the project, right? Um, so it's not a lot of focus on the design elements. It's more about meeting those numbers um, as far as calculations for water requirements, uh, permeable paving, stuff like that. So that all kind of comes together uh, pretty quickly as far as design goes. But really, when I first approach any project, it really is just that. It's finding out what the 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 client's programming, so to speak, right? What they what they're going to require, um, and then just working off of that, um, you know, we take into consideration things like uh, uh, access and safety. Those are big things right now that we need to look at to make sure everybody's able to walk through a a garden or um, and be safe about it. Um, so you're trying to balance kind of what the client has in their mind with city regulations of meeting a certain number of uh, landscape square footage. And I think there's restrictions on uh, covered patios and things like that, that you have to balance and all of those sorts of things. Is that kind of what you're right? Right. So um, it's also state guidelines, right? Which the counties kind of uh, take off from there. Um, The one of the biggest things that we have to deal with is the uh, minimizing turf. Hmm. for homes because um, right. right. they, they it uses a lot of water um, so they, they're restricted to the size the amount of traffic you can use per the landscape square footage right so we have to work around that um, and then also the types of plants that you're, you're choosing right it, it, they have to be low to medium water usage California natives stuff that does well in the in the, the region the whatever region you're working in um, so that, that that all adds up into your calculation same thing with um, 
you know, how do you treat the water on site, right? Any runoff, where that's, where that's going, what you're doing with it, all that stuff helps. Um, permeable paving, things like that, rather than just a concrete pad. Um, so yeah, it, it, you're right. It's taking all those elements, putting it together, and then uh, making sure that you're, um, you're within those, uh, those guidelines so you're able to, uh, to you know, A, get the project approved and hopefully you know, make your client uh, happy with what you've, uh, what you've come up with as far as design. Yeah. When you're talking about getting approvals, that is that primarily on the new construction resident, like new resident, not if somebody that hires you like Demetrius tried to do that one where they go in and they, <laughs> you know, tear out a bunch of stuff and redo it. Does that yeah. still apply there if you're pulling a permit? Uh, yes and no. Um, most, most renovations, most landscape renovations are, um, don't require that unless it's what I've, what I've been seeing a lot lately is uh, HOA. Oh, uh, requirements. Yeah. So those, uh, especially the, uh, the, um, I don't want newer communities, but some of these communities have a packet thick of just landscape requirements, right. That you need to provide. And <laughs> a lot of times, and I don't, I don't blame you. The architect isn't looking at that stuff, right. They're right. more concerned with the building. They're not looking at what the landscape required. They just, they know that they got to get the building in and, or whatever that is, the, the renovation. And then, you know, once they come, once they hit that wall where the landscape comes in, it's like, okay, well, now we need somebody to come in and make sure we can meet all these, all these different requirements. For us in this region, uh, what is it called? Xyriscaping uh, is a big thing. That's like the, nat- it's the term for natural kind of more desert-like uh, landscaping. Right. Yeah, yeah. So more, more uh, succulents and, and things like that. Less, uh, yeah. Less, less of what anybody wants. <laughs> right yeah yeah and that's you know that's uh the, so the whole thing with the with xeriscaping is that they're 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 trying to make it the people that are trying to implement that are are just looking at ways to reduce water usage right which right. is a big thing in california so like, especially something yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and um but the thing is you know it you it's basically a desert landscape once you get right. down to it um and there are there there is there are different communities throughout california that you can take plant material that is not that it's 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 suited for that climate first of all because it's 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 adapted or it's native to that to the region and you can take that plant material and, and create a low water use landscape without having it look like a a you know a desert <laughs> because i would think that's the problem right when you look at a lot of desert type communities and stuff the, the architecture at least that we have here where we're all around is not really desert style if that makes sense right so you got a lot of modern looking things you got a lot i mean the old pink stucco idea that's not desert you know what i mean like those right. things so when you look at it from that perspective the two don't really match right yeah um so that may come into probably you know certainly needing somebody's expertise like yours and in all the plans that would go to make it that would do what you're talking about right kind of give you the feel you want but are still hitting the yeah that you need. exactly right and that's that's one of the things we look at is when we do get a project from an architect is you know we do obviously they, they hand over the the um the uh, the floor plans but then at the same time we want to look at the elevations right what do, what does a lot of elevation look like what it, is it a uh, you know you look at a spanish elevation is it a uh, traditional whatever that may be that way we can sort of at least attempt or work with the owner to create a a, a palette that works with that architecture and right. also meeting those requirements yeah. so basically you're on the same page i am when i tell demetrius that architects just mess everything up or just design something pretty and then we have to go in and fix it is that what you're right. saying exactly <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go again. Uh, Pablo, that, that's an interesting point. I was, I was curious when you guys are coordinating with like a architectural design, if you're looking more in um, 
plan or are you looking at style? Because I, I never really thought about it that way that you would sort of match landscape to the style of the of the home. Yeah, yeah. That no, we 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 know you don't think about that. <laughs> yeah. You walked right into that. Oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. That whenever whenever possible, we do want to. That's the way we would like to work, right? Uh, on the practical side of things, if you're showing me a plan view and of of the first of the you know your first floor, mm-hmm. right? Which is typically what we get. You're not showing me in that plan. You're not showing me your second level windows, right? Where those are located. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put a tree that's going to block that window view, or maybe I do want it something that's, you know, so it just helps me mm. put every, the, the entire building into context as to what can be placed where and um, for what reason. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So now that we are in the middle of another fire, uh, are you, are you guys taking, or since we've had one recently too, the landscape are, ambulance truck, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> emergency, emergency landscape, uh, in your designs, are you guys taking any more considerations as far as fire, uh, protections and sort of designing in uh, sort of fire breaks essentially in, in maybe some larger properties or anything like that? Yeah. Especially all those hillside properties. Um, they're in uh, fuel modification zones, especially the back. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Um, so basically, it's it's you know it's the area of a foothill that is more susceptible to catching fire and spreading fire, right? So there's um, so specifically, LA County has a program that kind of deals with that. It says if you're in a fuel mod area, you're using these types of plants. You have to space them this far out from the building. And they can't be, you know, they have different zones. So one zone is closer to the building. It's very low, nothing high, right? Nothing, no trees within that zone that it can um, basically, the fire can jump onto the building from a tree, right? So it's, it's everything spread out. Yeah. And the farther out you go, the, the denser you can get. But again, it's, it's plant material that is not as, I hate using this term woody right? <laughs> or that gets dry that would stay and stay dry. That kind of stuff is, is, is yeah. not allowed. Um, so there are uh, ways to mitigate that on the, you know, the commercial residential development side of things uh, in those, in those, those regions, you would apply the same kind of uh, planting and structure sort of layout in a, in a wider setting, right? Like say, for example, a park, those are already pretty open, right? So you're not too concerned with subspreading, but you, you know, in the outer regions that do maybe butt up against a, a foothill or anything like that, then you kind of start to apply those, uh, that type of plant material that helps to a not spread that fire as quickly, right? So it's more maintained mm-hmm. um, and uh, not bring it into the more, I guess, populated spaces. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there, are, there there's, there's always been a, um, a, a plan to sort of implement in as far as uh, controlling fires and making sure that not, you're not gonna, never going to stop them, but you can mitigate the spread and control where those uh, events take place. And that's kind of where that, where that direction is for, for landscape as far as you know, controlling fires. Yeah. And not making it worse. Not making it worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we're coming towards the end, but I did want to also mention that you have a podcast as well uh, called Naturally Built. Yes. And you guys are in your second season, right? Yeah. Um, we have a, have a co-host now, uh, Annalisa, who has joined. And uh, 
Jeez, it's it's uh, it's working out really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> we think it wasn't. Going well, good. <laughs> that's I I, I I jumped into this just kind of because I had to in a way uh, gotcha. to help okay. promote the business. That was the main I take uh, idea uh, starting it, and uh, you know, it's talking to more and more people within the industry. They 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 seem to like what they were hearing. <laughs> it's basically I have guests on there that where we just discuss landscape architecture and uh, the different you know within with and around the industry, right? People that are related to the industry. So we have them on and, and, and have a conversation. So for the second season, you know, we, we have mics, we have a setup, we have a system now that we can just hop on and um, everything is, it's running a lot smoother. And um, yeah, that's, that's we're we're keeping that going. Um, you know, it's, it's, Things get busy, so it's kind of hard to schedule. You, I'm sure you guys are, are familiar with that. And um, no, our, ours goes really smooth <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's um, and awesome. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that, it's been a lot of fun, and I uh, hope I can keep doing that um, for a little longer, at least. Right all right, uh, Pablo. So thanks again for for sitting down with us and, and chatting a little bit about landscape design. Uh, for those that are listening and want to hear more about landscape check out naturally built um get your full fill of landscape discussions and uh thank you again jason for sitting in the middle of a fire tornado <laughs> to have this conversation luckily not that bad yet <laughs> i see it behind you outside of your window um, i'm not listening right now yeah uh but go home get out of the fire <laughs> Uh, thank you again to the listeners for listening. Please um, make sure to share this or uh, any of our episodes with a friend. Please go to iTunes or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now and leave us a review and a rating. It helps others find the show and helps us continue to keep this thing going. But other than that, uh, we got another one more long form episode coming up uh, next week. And I think we have one more express so come back for those last couple episodes and we will talk to you then thanks thank you again to pablo for joining us today you can find out more about cto landscape architecture at ctola.com that's s-i-t-i-o-l-a dot com and you can find his podcast naturally built on his website as well this show is part of the gable media network you can check out similar content at gablemedia.com that's g-a-b-l media.com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon.
Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.